What's that face? I don't know. I make weird faces. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, or um, post-Valentine's Day. Yeah, it depends on when you're listening to this, I yeah. guess. But we're posting on Valentine's Day. So we understand there are plenty of people in relationships, and that's great, and that's awesome and good for you. But there are plenty of people who are single or have just broken up, maybe, or are breaking up. Or who are just real jaded towards Valentine's Day. Like, fucking good for you. That's fine. Here's the thing. I don't hate Valentine's Day because, and there's basically one reason for it, sugar. Yeah. That's the only reason I don't hate Valentine's Day. Yeah. And stupid Valentine's. Like, goofy, stupid, dumb Valentine's are fun. Yeah. Because you don't have to be in a relationship to enjoy Valentine's Day. Right. And when you're an adult... Like, sending out, like, little kid valentines is one of the best things ever. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, hey, remember when we were kids and we bought stupid five-cent valentines and gave them to each other? Especially if they are WWE-themed valentines. I feel like you're telling me to go find those again. We probably should find some. And just fucking look at them. (laughs) I'll just give you all the Seth Rollins ones. I'll take all the Seth Rollins ones. I'll give you all the Finn Balor ones. And then we can share Mm. the Asuka ones. I would like the Dean Ambrose ones. I think I have a weird secret obsession. It's fine. We all do. It's It's fine. fine. I think we all kind of love them, and it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) At least we love them. Yeah, right? I think actually most people do love them. But, all right, back to the task at hand. (laughs) So, we're giving you a bonus episode this week. We did our other one, which was kind of short. We figured this one's going to be a little shorter, but we're going to hit up you motherfuckers who maybe just fucking are angry Maybe you got broken up with. Maybe you broke up with a piece of shit. Or if you're just delightfully single. Yeah. Like fucking living your life. You do you. You do you. Fucking right. Treat yourself. But we're going to give you some of the best breakup songs. Fuck yes. We're trying to pick breakup songs that maybe, maybe you didn't know were out there. We're not going to be picking the Justin Timberlakes and the Beyonce's that you already know. The I Will Survive. I love me some Crimea River. And that was on my list, but I got rid of it because it's just too obvious. You know, you know. And I'm not saying that those songs are bad, but maybe these songs you don't know. And maybe these songs are going to hit a nerve that says, oh, yeah, that is how I feel right now. (laughs) I understand that. So what's your first pick? So my first pick is a wonderful song by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings called Better Things. I'm a better woman than I have been Cause I don't think about way back when It takes two to love, but only one to leave It was you who did that dirty deed I got better It's a really fun song. Uh, special note, I have been married for five years, and I've been in a relationship before that for four years. So I've been married, I've been with the same guy for almost ten years. So I will admit, I have not gone through a breakup in a very long time. <laughs> you missed the whole online dating Ooh, I craze did. also. I so you're did. lucky. You like, are lucky. There was a hot second in like 2008 where I looked at match.com oh boy and i almost threw up in my mouth at the anxiety that i felt of having to put myself on the internet and a picture of myself and talk about myself so i didn't do it yeah and then thankfully i met my now husband mike so i'm fine but <laughs> i will tell you this fucking song 
gives me life. I will do my makeup to the song. I get ready and I feel like a fierce bitch. <laughs> this is the quintessential song for that empowered woman getting over her ex-lover. And there's no lamenting. There's no anger. There's no, oh, I'm so bitter. She's just like, you know what? I got better things to do. I got better things to do than remember you. And the only thing that I really know about the song, it came off of their album from 2010, I believe, I Learned the Hard Way. Uh, which, honestly, just look up Sharon Jones and Dap Keens. They are an amazing group. It's fucking shame that she passed away. She's an amazing singer. Aww, that's sad. Yeah, I believe it was I believe it was another 2016 hit. Oh. I think. People might come on, come for me and correct me, and that's fine. Come for me and correct please, me. Please, cor- come please for correct us. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I just assume that everything bad happened in 2016. Yeah, just point. blame everything on 2016, you know what? pretty it was much. Like 2016, I think it was 2016. We're going to be 50, like, when I was in 2016, everything <laughs> bad happened. Everybody died. Everybody died. But seriously. And then Trump became president. And there go. I don't know. Worse? Like, I don't fucking know anymore. I know. It's embrace the chaos, kids. But honestly, this is just that song that whether you're going through a breakup or whether you're like, Yo, I look good today. You can walk down the street with this in your headphones. You're like, I got better things to do. It kind of gives you a groove in your step. It does. Like, it makes you feel good. Like, I don't need nobody else. Mm -hmm. I got this. I'm walking down the street looking fly. If I fucking had a camera right now and you saw me (laughs) try to do the little head swirl, you would laugh at me. I'm sure there would be somebody listening to this in their headphones, grooving down the street, doing a live fucking Instagram video, and oh, then yeah. run into somebody, a pole or something. Somebody Snapchatting this shit. <laughs> do it. Yes. Please it. do it. Yes. So now should we go to number two? Oh, yeah. By the way, these are in absolutely no No order, order whatsoever. These are just songs that were like, we grabbed them. And this was hard. Can we just actually throw that out there real quick? I had quick? a very long list. This was not easy. And I had almost an existential crisis trying to get get it from five to four. Oh, yeah. That was hard. That yeah. was so hard. It was hard for me to pick from 30 to pick one. <laughs> so, yeah, I get that. But the next song is very near and dear to my heart because it's one of my favorite bands ever. And I, whereas you t- took a more contemporary uh tack to your list Mm. i went kind of old school good for you um and the first one i picked was she's gone by hall and oates oh the best a fucking classic i got the strength to carry on yeah i need a drink and a quick decision now it's up to me She's gone, she's gone, oh why, oh why, I better learn how to face it, she's gone, she's gone, oh why, oh why, I pay the devil to replace her, she's gone, and she's gone, oh why, what went wrong? I fucking love that song so much. Oh my god, if we had a camera you could just see us sing it along. Maybe one day we'll release those recordings. Oh my god, maybe, (laughs) if you're lucky, but you're probably not. Um... But yeah, this is one of the best Hall and Oates songs ever. Oh, so one good. of their very first hits. It came out in 1974. It was on their Abandoned Luncheonette uh, album. And it's actually one of the very few and one of the very last songs that John Oates sang lead vocals on. 
It, that is not Daryl Hall. I see your face right now. It's not Daryl Hall. It's oh John my God. Oates. I didn't know John Oates sang like. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! yeah, that was John Oates. Um, That's beautiful. But pretty much all of their hit singles after this, it was Daryl Hall singing, yeah. singing lead vocals. I assumed it was Daryl Hall. Yeah. You just assume it is. And it's not. It's it's John Oates. That sexy, stashy man. Mm. I'm really excited <laughs> about this. You but, don't understand how unreasonably excited I am yeah. about that news. But there's... <laughs> There's a very cute but also kind of sad story behind Aww. behind the song. Um, the story is that John met a girl at 3 a.m. at a soul food restaurant in New York mm. City. He, he was like, I don't even know why I was there. I was just there. Because <laughs> <laughs> you always find yourself at a soul food restaurant in New York City at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's sure. not the most unreasonable statement, and I'm pretty sure I've been there. And me too. Right? On, like, we've been on there. On a few occasions. Um, but that's when you start to sober up, and you're like, what the fuck did I do tonight? Yeah. Like, I I just need to, I need something to sober up. I need food, oh. and I'm going to go to the only place that's open at 3 o'clock in the morning. And it's soul food. And it's soul food. So she was apparently wearing a pink tutu and cowboy boots, and I what? guess John Oates was attracted to that. Well, now we know what gets John Oates going. Gets his sewing his oats, if you will. Ah, uh, get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he hit on her. They started dating. She was supposed to go to his apartment for New Year's Eve, but as the clock ticked towards midnight, she didn't show up. Oh my god! She stood him up. Why would you stand up, John Oates? I don't know. That sexy stash. <laughs> How can you resist that? No, it's Especially, the 80s. I'm sorry. No, it was the 70s. It oh. was the early 70s. So, I mean, you, but really, if it's the early 70s and you see some girl in a pink tutu and some cowboy boots at three o'clock in the morning, do you really think she's going to come to your apartment? You know what New I Year's think? Eve? I think she's gone. She's gone. All right. Better learn how to face it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So at the same time that this was happening, Daryl Hall was going through a divorce from his first wife. So that New Year's Eve, when John got stood up, the next day he wrote the chorus and then he played it for Daryl. And Daryl was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got a verse right here. Let's let me get on the keyboards and I'll write it right here. It was one of the very few songs that actually that. Daryl Hall and John Oates actually collaboratively oh, wrote together. They both wrote it on their heartaches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's that's why you really get the feels from it. I'm really, my heart's breaking a little. Yeah. So, yeah, it was one of the very few, like, collaborative efforts from the two of them. Because usually they'll just write a song themselves and bring it to the other one and it's yeah. already finished and whatever. But this was, like, one of the first, one of the few. Yeah. It's a very special song. Oh very, very special. Song. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, actually, there was a quote from John where he said, we just used very mundane everyday images to kind of symbolize loneliness and loss. Even in the opening line, everybody's high on consolation. Everybody's trying to tell me what's right for me. Or I'm worn as a toothbrush mm. hanging in the stand. Oh, these are very simple, lonely images. They're very kind of everyday things that people can relate to, but somehow speak on more universal terms. I think that's really why the song has connected over the years, because everyone can relate to the idea of loss. We just captured the spirit in some way 
that stood the test of time. Yo, sometimes simplicity is best, though. Right. Sometimes and it makes you sense. just like you hear these things. You're like, yeah, I feel like that. I yeah. feel like that. Too and it right makes now. sense. Like you're talking about like all of these very mundane things that you're doing day in and day out right after you got your heart broken. And somehow, even though it's the same shit you do every day, it's so much worse because you just got your heart broken oh, yeah. and you're feeling this feeling of total loss and it fucking sucks it brushing does. your teeth fucking sucks when you just got dumped basically waking <laughs> up and having to live your life fucking sucks when right. you fucking get dumped right it's and awesome. then you have this very soulful chorus come in like just yelling she's gone she's gone this fucking sucks she's fucking gone oh, wow rip, rip your heart out a song that when you first hear it you're like oh this isn't this is not, it's, just, it's a like, god is a bit of an upbeatness nice, but like it seems like he's dealing R&B with it song yeah. and then when you hear about all the stories you're like yeah, then when sad. I just broke it down for you, you're like, fuck, I can I never brush my teeth the same way myself. again. I'll never brush my teeth. <laughs> oh, God, do I have to really floss today? <laughs> fuck. Uh, Christ, but she's with gone. gloss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speaking of crises, I'll get to my next song, which is by Nine Inch Nails called That's What I Get. Yes. How can you turn me? Told you I'd never say goodbye. But now I'm slipping on the tears you've made me cry. But that's what I get. That's what I get. That's what I get. That's what I get. Honestly. I feel like you could listen to the entirety of Pretty Hate Machine during a breakup. In fact, I've done it. (laughs) I went through a terrible breakup in high school and lived on this album. I kind of feel like you can do that with any Nine Inch Nails album. Any Nine Inch Nails album, if you're in the middle of a breakup or just like a really depressed period of your life, if you listen to it, somehow it can be really cathartic. It really can. It's like Trent Reznor fucking knows you. He does. He's like, hey. He just I got creeps you. into your window and he's like, hey, I see you. I got you. I'm going to sing a song <laughs> and you're going to fucking hate your life more than you already do. But it works. Yeah. It, and it works so good. Uh, actually, when you really listen to the whole album all the way through, you can tell that the songs really run through a variety of things. Because when I was a kid, kid meaning high school, <laughs> I thought it was mostly breakup, but... Uh, recently listening to it, there's songs that deal with suicide, there's songs that deal with questioning God, and there are songs like this that deal with a breakup. Yeah. That deal with, like, that feeling of just desperation. They all are like, holy shit, I'm at a dark point in my life. And some people, normally when I go through a breakup, I try not to wallow too much in the self-pity, even though I totally am. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, it's been a while, but I do remember the breakups I've had. It's always like, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Why am I so fucked up? Why am I not good enough? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this song really hits that nerve of like, you know, I guess, fuck you. I wasn't good enough. It, it Yeah, it's dramatic. It's totally dramatic. But it, it's still relatable. You but- know what? You Sometimes when you go through a breakup, you have to go through that fucking feel bad for yourself period. Yeah. 
And sometimes that period is the most creative period. It really is. When you're a musician anyway. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's Trent Reznor's kind of sweet spot mm. because he he goes back to the same themes a lot in yeah. his albums. And they're usually heartbreak or depression or suicide or things like that. So some people just that's their creative sweet spot. That's right. where they get the most inspiration from is being that down. Yeah. And as a fan, as somebody listening to that, it's a way to make you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. It really is, though. Yeah. It, it's it's weird when you listen to it and you feel like, all right, well, I guess I'm not the only one who's felt like this. Yeah. And it's not solving your problems, but it's making you feel a little bit better about what's going on in your own life. Yeah. And, it, and the nice thing about the song is it's, you're going to have, you're going to honestly, and I think I've heard it definitely compared to this, there's stages of grief and you're going to have those feelings when someone breaks up with you, especially of just the confusion and the betrayal, you know, it covers those feelings of that's what I get for fucking trusting you for opening mm -hmm. myself up. You know, you have those feelings of regret where you're like, why did I fucking think you were going to stay with me? Why did I think that this was going to work? You know, and you, you berate yourself. Mm -hmm. And this song really tickles that spot of like, you know what? I'm going to fucking feel bad for myself and I'm going to fucking wallow in my self-pity. Because I have every right to do that. Because I have every fucking right <laughs> to do that because I just got fucking dumped. Yeah. So you know what? When you want to fucking feel bad for yourself, just fucking listen to yeah. fucking Nine Inch Nails. And that's fine because usually by the end of the album... At least for me, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, or at like, least all right. I feel like I'm not the only person in the world that feels like a piece of shit right yeah. now. I can pick myself off the floor and be like, all right, yeah. let's just go fucking do it. Yep. So that's my sad, depressing, angsty pick. <laughs> so speaking of wallowing in your own sadness. Yeah, let's wallow, bitches. My next pick is a classic, Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Oh, but... but a twist on it, mm -hmm. I choose the Postal Service cover, nice. which goes a little something like this. service version for a specific because it's really fucking good um you know sometimes there's cover songs that just don't do the original justice right but i think this one absolutely does the original justice and i'm a total phil fan and i fucking yeah. love the original yeah but i still think this is an amazing yeah. cover and i think i i'm fully aware that i I think it's because I love the Postal Service so much. Mm. And 
this was a big song for me when I was in college. Because when I was in college, it was Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal mm. Service were like super big and it was all the college kids listened to and I was a huge fan. I was too busy listening to terrible house music and I oh, loved geez. it. Oh my god, stop. And anime music. <laughs> I was like, what's the Postal Service? What's Guster? What oh. is this? Oh, fuck Guster. No. <laughs> I did not listen to Guster. My roommates listened to no, Guster. No, 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 no. No Guster was allowed in my dorm room. It's not all the same. It is not the same. No. <laughs> no, we'll have a discussion after we'll that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. Um, <laughs> but my my college experience was pr- the, pretty much the soundtrack to it was Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service mm. and Rilo Kylie and Rainer Maria and all those fucking indie bands oh, that, yeah. you know. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so this song... I, I very much remember discovering when I was in, in college, and I absolutely loved it. And it was one of those songs that I loved listening to, but it also kind of made me depressed when I was listening to yeah. it. But the composition is very different from the original. Right. But it still complements the feeling of the song. A hundred percent. It still makes you feel like, oh, fuck, this guy lost somebody, and it, and it sucks. Yeah. But the original actually was written by Phil Collins uh, during the sessions for his first solo album, Face Value, Mm -hmm. um, which was mostly about his tumultuous personal life. Uh, He had come back from touring with Genesis in 1978, and he decided to go on a hiatus from the band because his wife had filed for divorce. So he basically holed himself up in his house for a while and just wrote song after song about his divorce and his personal life. Mm -hmm. And most of that ended up on face value. This song, however, did not make the cut for that album. But he shortly thereafter, he was approached to do a song for the movie called Against All Odds. Yeah, my parents had that movie. <laughs> yeah, it is not a good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. But this song ended up being on that soundtrack. It was renamed, obviously, Against, Against all, all Odds. And then it was it won Grammys. It was nominated for an Academy Award, nominated for a Golden Globe, and became one of his biggest hits. Yeah. And it's fucking heart-wrenching. Yeah. It's really... Such a great song of, like, when you get dumped, basically, and you're like, but, like, but well, you're just me. You're just fucking leaving me here. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing to me? It's that feeling of desperation that you have when someone leaves yeah. you. Like, but what are you doing to me? Yeah, and you can very much hear his his desperation. Like, it's just look at me. I'm just standing here, yeah. and you're walking away, and I can't do anything about I it. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Even in the original Phil version, you feel that, but why are you walking away? Why aren't we working this out? Why can't we yeah. just figure that? What, am, I what think, am I without you? And I think with the Postal Service version, especially that end part that's just uh, like the, the tech techno i don't know what electronic the electronic the the electronic beat with the um guitar over it yeah it's such a melancholy kind of sound you know it just they hit that one high note that just like it gets in your spinal cord and you're like oh i felt that and i'm gonna cry a little bit yeah one tear yeah but yeah i i totally i get what you're saying even though it's all electronic it's very different from what phil collins did um 
it accentuates that feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. If 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 ever a a sound could make you feel hopeless, yeah. It's that end part of of this cover. It's so sad. It is. It is really sad. So you said I'm I'm not going to bring things up anymore with my next pick, <laughs> which is fits in the tantrums tighter. I let you drift away. I didn't give you enough to stay. So you made up my mind and you walked away. And why didn't I hold you tighter and tighter when I could do no wrong? It's getting harder and harder. Why did Okay, we're picking more contemporary songs. Yay! <laughs> Some of you, many of you, might know Fits in the Tantrums from that song Hand Clap. Uh, not one of their best. Here's the thing, though. I like that song, but yeah. I'll tell you what I got really mad was the fall of 2016. So it was over a year ago. I was driving around listening to one of the iHeartRadio Top 40 bullshit stations because I do try to stay relevant. And I they don't. Were, and, they, and they were like, here's the new song from Fits in the Tantrums Hand Clap. And I yelled at the radio, fuck you, that song's like 10 months old. <laughs> so I got really mad. It's fine. Anyway, the point is, Fits in the Tantrums, amazing band. They are fantastic. They are just that neo-soul rock, amazing band. You need to be listening. If you are not listening to them, fucking listen to them and listen to more yeah. than the hand clap album this their is, first album is oh amazing. it's super money grabber is one of my favorite songs ever that's what i heard it, seven years ago i don't even dance or i used to not dance i was gonna say i kind of dance i've now. seen you dance I know. several times shut up in my life. i know <laughs> <laughs> i used to not dance but whenever I would hear that song, I'd be like, yeah, I want to dance now. And I wouldn't say that I dance. I'd say more that I flail. <laughs> but I flail a lot when I hear Fitz Drunkenly and the flail. Oh, yeah. It's real bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so actually, Titer is off of their first album. I believe it was a uh, self-titled Fits in the Tantrums. I think so. It has Money Grabber on it. It's so good. It's such a fucking amazing album. But this is such... A heart-wrenching song. It's so good. It's so amazing. The beginning gets me with just those, the violins and the high notes. Yeah. Full disclosure, I have ugly cried to this song. Who hasn't ugly cried to this Completely, song? Completely. Like, I have no reason to ugly cry, but I would listen to that and I'd be in my living room, like, doing research for this for this episode and our sexy sax solos uh, episode i'm just like listening to these songs over and over again and every time this song came on i was like this is your lay down try not to cry cry a lot this is i just had a fight that broke up my relationship and shit's fucked up it's it's you know, and it sucks. I couldn't find too much on the song itself about, like, composition or lyrics or anything. But I think it's also pretty straightforward. It really is that, you know, you're reflecting on your relationship and it's over and you're like, these are the times that I fucked up. Yep. These are the times that I could have been a better partner. These are the times that I could have been there more or done more or just been more. Mm-hmm. 
these, you know, what if I did X, Y, Z, would we still be together? This is that song. This is that song that you listen to and you're like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah, I really fucked this relationship up up and I can't do anything about it. Even if you didn't fuck it up, you're going to listen to the song and think, oh, but I fucked up. Yeah. Because here's the thing, you probably didn't fuck up. It was probably going to fail anyway. It was probably mutual fuck ups. But this is the song you listen to and you put all the blame on yourself. Right. And it sucks. Right. And it fucking hurts a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you got? <laughs> what fucking heart-wrenching song do you have? Oh, it's, it's a fucking gut-wrencher. Let's do it. Absolutely. The next one that I have is I Can't Make You Love Me oh. by Bonnie Ray. I'm sorry. I'm going to fucking destroy you right now. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's so it's good. It's quintessential. Son of a fucking bitch. It sucks. inside my head. Tell me no lies Just hold me close Don't patronize Don't patronize me Cause I can't make you love me If you don't You can't This is one of the most brutally honest songs. This is another one of the lay in the fetal position cry songs. Absolutely. When you finally hit that stage of grief, you're like, oh God, I have to accept this. But this is one of those songs where you could be in the most perfectly fucking happy, fantastic moods. And as soon as it comes on, you turn into a like bubbling ball of disgusting mess, (laughs) crying your eyes out. Uh, <laughs> yes no a hundred percent but also i think it's one of bonnie Raitt's best songs that she's ever done but actually it was not written by bonnie Raitt. it was oh. written by um one of her longtime collaborators that worked with her a lot on on the album that was previous to this called nick of time oh it's a song that this was on was uh luck of the draw oh okay so he had worked with her on a uh, nick of time a lot and then they released this in 1991, you know, about the heartbreak of loving someone who doesn't love you back and you know they don't love you. It's the terrible heart sickness of knowing you have to let that person go right. for your own good, for their own good. But you just want to hold them one more time oh. and just like... You want one more chance. Just yeah, one more little like moment. Because the lyrics are like, I, I know I have to let you go because this isn't working out, but let's just lay here one more time and in the morning uh, I will let it go. Uh, it's, oh, it fucking uh, kills me And every who time. can't, like, because I think everyone can relate to that feeling of that breakup that you had where you're like, I get it, we're not together anymore, but can we just have one more time? Yeah. Can we just snuggle till dawn? Or just that... You don't there's... even have to blow me. We just can snuggle. <laughs> it's literally just snuggling legit just snuggling (laughs) but i just i need to have one like i want to end on a positive note here just like let me do this one thing and then i can let you go in the morning right oh it's it's painful um (laughs) so she actually recorded the vocals in one take this, what? This take was the only vocal take that they took. That's amazing. Um, 
she said because she wouldn't be able to recapture the emotion if she tried to do it again. Oh, damn, she method saying that, that shit. And that makes sense because just listening to her vocals, you can hear the heartache. And I don't know how she did it, but fuck. It's making me sad just to fucking it hear is, the story. It is a horribly depressing song. Oh. And it's it's so depressing that it's not cathartic. No. Like, I, if I were in the middle of a breakup, I could not listen to this song because I would just be... I would lose it. Oh, no. When I've I've been in the middle of a breakup to listen to the song and just on the floor, like, I'm worthless. Yeah, right. Why? Right, right, but, right, right. Like, legitimately, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's the kind of message that transcends gender, transcends age, transcends yeah. musical genre. Everyone can relate to this oh, song. Everybody. But so, to end this on a more... A slightly funnier note. Yeah. The guy who wrote this song, he actually based it off of a newspaper article he what? read. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, he based it off a, a Nashville newspaper article that he read. And I actually read most of the article. And it's not supposed to be funny, but it's kind of funny because it's basically the author of the article following around this drunk homeless guy. Oh. And the guy describes how heartbroken he was when he had to divorce his wife, presumably because he was an absolute drunk who couldn't hold down a job. Mm -hmm. So his wife was like, I'm fucking done with this. So he was talking about how they went to the courthouse to sign their divorce papers. And he (laughs) he was in the courtroom crying with his wife, getting a divorce. And he was quoted in the news article saying, you can't make a damn woman love you if she don't. Oh. <laughs> it was sad, but at the same time, kind of funny. It's, it's true. You know it's what? It's true. You either laugh or you cry. Can't make a damn woman love you if she, she don't. don't. It's true, though. You can't. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, here you go. Most uh. fucking gut-wrenching song ever. Yeah, that song makes me sad. I would rather be punched in the face than listen have to, to that listen song. to that fucking song. No, yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, before I get to my final breakup song, I do want to say I looked it up real quick. The album that Tighter from Fits in the Tantrums came on was Picking Up the Pieces. That's what it's that called. That was the name of the Son album. Of a bitch. That was their first album, Picking Up the Pieces. It's a good one. It's a great fucking album. I also like the their second one. Which... Oh, More Than Just a Dream is yes. great too. Handcuff is fine, but it's not as good as the other two. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. And I go to my last song of breakup songs. We're going to go back to, to building y'all back up. To We're going to end on a better note because that was note. real depressing yeah. for We brought second. you down. Let us bring you back up. My final pick for breakup songs is by Basement Jacks called Good Luck. Tell me, tell me, is life just a playground? Think you're the real deal, honey. And someone will always look out for you. But wake up, baby. You're so totally deluded. You'll end up old and lonely. If you don't get a bullet in your head. 
all the songs. The song fucking. That's a good one. It just it hits that angry breakup song vibe mm-hmm. while also hitting that empowerment breakup vibe. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Basement Jacks. If you aren't listening to Basement Jacks, change your life. <laughs> Listen to Basement Jacks. They are amazing. They're from the UK. Wonderful. Uh, this song is just, you know, it's just, it's telling the story of a woman, letting go of her no good boyfriend, just getting that shit out of her life. I don't fucking need this. You're no good. You're not doing me no favors. Get the fuck out. Felix Buxton of Basement Jacks said he wrote the lyrics, quote, as it was from the perspective of my girlfriend singing to me. I was having a go at it myself from another person's perspective. That's pretty woke. Right? And this was, uh, oh, fuck, I forgot, like, 2010, 2011. Good for um, him. It was off the, I want to say it was off the Scars album, but I might be wrong. I actually could totally be wrong. But it's, uh, it is really, it's just a great song where he, I guess he went through a breakup and he was like, but let me write a song from my girlfriend's perspective about how I'm, how I'm a piece of shit. The video is amazing. It's. The lead singer, or the singer of the song, Lisa, she fucking is the correctional officer where her boyfriend comes into the jail, and she's just like, hey, good luck. Good luck with your new fucking life without me, because I fucking carried your ass. It's like that perfect breakup song where you're like, you know what? What are you going to do without me? What is your life going to be without me? It's not going to be shit. And actually, as far as Basement Jacks goes, this was really a brave track for them. Because at the time, they had really been getting a lot of flack for not being house enough. Enough of a house band. Really? Uh, Yeah. For not doing enough techno, whatever. And they decided, you know what, fuck you. And they did like a 16-piece orchestra for this shit. And they fucking worked on it. And it's such a good song. And it paid off. It it charted really well in the UK. Because unfortunately, (laughs) America doesn't know how to appreciate good music. What? And it's such a good song, though. And it holds up. I mean, this song is from the mid to late 2000s. And I could still... I listen to this all the fucking time. Yeah. This is my workout song. This is my getting ready song. This is my bad bitch song. But I can imagine that his girlfriend is probably pretty pissed because <laughs> now she knows that he knows exactly how she feels. And that's got to be like, well, no, fuck you. These are my emotions. God These are my feelings. You don't get my feelings. Yeah. You can't have my feelings. Fuck back, you. This is mine. You and, can't have that. And you made a really great song about it, too. Fuck you. Like, she must be listening to like, this is a really good fucking song, but fuck you. <laughs> right? Like, fuck you. But it's, it's, it is that when you're coming up, when you're coming up from the breakup, when you're coming out of the fucking dark, dank pit of fucking hating yourself thinking that it's your fault, mm-hmm. thinking that you're a piece of shit, and you get your fucking hands on the ledge and you pull yourself up, this is the song you listen to. You're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And what's your life going to be like without me right. tearing your ass? Mm-hmm. So fuck you. This mic like- drop. <laughs> this is the mic drop song. Yeah, this is the end of the... Like, this this is, when- is the I'm over it. Yeah. This is it. This is your this is your coming back to yourself song. Right. So when you hit that point in your breakup stage, put this on. Yeah. You're welcome. We should have done this song last. Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> I thought I you said you had a good song to end on. No, I do have a good song to end on, All but right. this would have been a good song to end on. <laughs> but I still have a good song We've to end been on. Drinking. So we're going to end on this song. All right. So the very last song mm. that we have for this list 
is my pick, Train in Vain. Oh, yeah. By The Clash. That's also a good song, though. It's a real good song. Fun as fuck. This is one of my favorite Clash songs. Oh, hands down. But it, it, yeah, this one is one of those songs that makes you feel like you're punching the gut of the asshole that did you wrong. Yeah. This is, you know what though? Here's the thing. This is, you climbed yourself out, you're feeling good about yourself, and then you look at your ex and you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was your problem? Yeah. Why why did you do this? You said like, you were going to do all this shit, and you, and didn't, you didn't fucking, do fucking it. deliver. So fuck off, dick. I can do better than this. <laughs> you didn't stand by me. No, not at all. No way. <laughs> this was actually off of The Clash's 1979 album, London Calling. Mm, so good. And it, it actually was not... In the original track listing, like, it's not actually listed on the album as a track oh. because it was a hidden track or it was supposed to be a hidden track. They say it was a hidden track, but actually it was a last minute addition oh. to the album because uh, it was supposed to be a promotional song that correlated with the uh, magazine NME. Okay. Yeah. So NME was supposed to, like, distribute it as a promotional track, but... For some reason or another, that didn't really work out. So hmm. last minute, like literally right before the pressing of the album, they just shoved it on the album. Didn't even have time to put it in the track listing. So it was technically a hidden track. Oh. Yeah. It's huh. very strange. Um, it was like a hidden track without being a hidden track. Right. It was just a, a, a no name track huh. because it literally didn't have a name on it. So... <laughs> for those of you who didn't realize Ashley just punched her I wife I totally punched the mic real right hard I didn't mean to I made a Sorry. face it happened but she you know what you played it off like a fucking champ yeah. <laughs> by being just, real like, awkward about it you still haven't figured out we're doing this directly after the sexy sax episode so we are pretty we drunk dr- oh by the way, we should probably mention what we're drinking in relation to this. Oh, fuck it, whatever. Uh, yeah. The Two Roads, <laughs> Road, Road to, to Ruin, Ruin, double IPA, which, yo, you know, again, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We're not hoppy IPA girls. These are pretty good. Just pretty good. I can actually do this one. 100%. This is, I'm probably going to have another after we're done. Yeah. But I feel like. Be real drunk and not want to go to the gym in the morning. Yeah. We always try to do thematic beers or some kind of thematic drinking thing and i felt like road to ruin was pretty good for breakup songs right because it's road to ruin you're on a road to ruin anyway your road has been ruined yeah your shit relationships but anyway yeah train in vain train in vain um great fucking song and actually mick jones does the vocals to it he's the one who wrote it oh um i personally like mostly when it comes to the clash most of the songs that I like are ones that Mick Jones has written and sings vocals on. Hmm. Joe Strummer is great. 
I love him. But I like Mick Jones. See, I don't have a preference, but I think I don't know well enough to have a preference. Yeah. Maybe. When we do our Clash episode. So anyway, um, it was off of London Calling, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, it was thought to have been inspired by Mick Jones' relationship with the Slits guitarist Vib. Vib. <laughs> Viv. Viv. Yeah, I thought you Viv meant Viv. Albertine. <laughs> wow. Who he had just separated from around the time London Calling was released. Uh... So it could be a response to the Slits' song, Typical Girls, which talks about women standing by their men. Mm, okay. Um, and actually, when Mick says, I need new clothes, I need somewhere to stay, he's not joking. Oh, no! He is actually not joking because his apartment had just been broken into and burgled. He literally had no clothes and nowhere to stay. I know you said something really serious, but I'm stuck on the word burgled. Burgled. It's a weird word, word isn't it? I love that word, burgled. Burgled. But that's awful. Fuck that. <laughs> he really did need yeah. clothes and so somewhere like, to stay. Really, when London Cullen was coming out, Mick Jones is not in a good spot. Not in a good spot. His apartment got burgled. Uh, <laughs> hashtag burgled he was like having relationship issues with his lady friends and it it just wasn't working out with for him very well oh, so that's sad. but a really great song came of it and train in vain i think was actually the first number one or the first very popular song of the clashes in the united states huh um a lot of people think it was rock the casbah but right. it wasn't um train in vain was the first one that's awesome. And then Rock the Casbah was far bigger than Train and Vane. But... Right. Again, kind of like going back to uh, the last episode with In Excess saying they didn't get enough credit for Never Tears Apart. Right. I think the oh, class yeah. doesn't get enough credit for T- Train and Vane. Yeah. That is, this is a great fucking I song. I personally don't think that Mick Jones gets his due at all. Because not only did he do the lyrics and write this song, he did the lyrics and wrote... Um, should I stay or should I go? Oh, yeah. Um, but a lot of people are like Joe Strummer and like fucking jerking off to Joe Strummer. Yeah. But, <laughs> and Joe Strummer's great and everything. Yeah. But Mick Jones did a lot for The Clash that people right. don't give him credit for. Yeah. You know what, so. get, you know what kids? Go learn yourselves. Go, go learn fucking, yourself some Mick Jones. Learn, some, learn yourself some fucking Clash and Mick Jones. We'll do, we'll do an episode eventually. Don't worry. We're getting there. Eventually. We got a long list. Guys, we're working on lists. You know what? And if you got lists, you can always send them to us. We're always here network. for uh, ideas. Yeah. Absolutely. People are throwing us ideas, and I am taking them 100% seriously. Yeah. Even though but, I'm drunk right now. I mean, again, this doesn't even... This isn't even the tip of the iceberg for all of the breakup songs yeah. that we had. Maybe we'll do a, a playlist We're trying, stuff, again... As long as I can sober up and remember, I will do a Spotify list and do some really good breakup yeah. songs. You know, it was funny doing this episode, too. I actually, when I was in high school, I had mentioned earlier, I went through a fucking abysmally terrible breakup that really fucked with me mentally. Is that high school or college? High school. Okay. And I made this fucking CD and I fucking, I run through the emotions with my breakups. It was like. You know, I had, like, No Doubt's ex-girlfriend on it, but then I had Nine Inch Nails from Pretty Hate Machine. I always knew I didn't. Up your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. But then I would have, like, you know, fucking Stain's mud shovel. Oh, Jesus Because I was also a new metal kid. <laughs> oh, I was too. Uh, 100%. Corn, Olympus, it's fine. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was like, 
I needed that shit. I needed fucking music. I needed these breakup albums to get through those fucking shitty, horrible times. And if I didn't have them, and I needed a variety, I needed that, like, yeah, you know what, fuck you, I knew this wasn't going to last, or yeah, you know what, I'm better without you, or the, oh, or I fucking I'm, hate myself. I'm so depressed, and I hate my life, and this sucks. I'm just going to off myself, I don't need to be but here. But also, next, I need an upbeat one where I know I'm going to be okay. Right? Or I'm an ep- a downbeat, but angry one where I know I fucking hate you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Breakups, you're going to go through the stages of grief, you're going to not know what the fuck you're doing. And it's fine fucking deal with it or you know what again maybe you're joyfully single today and more power to you fucking live it up then you can go through these songs with a different perspective right and come out the other end way better off than the rest of us seriously jesus and again any suggestions any comments find us on social media we're on instagram and facebook at rock candy podcast we're on twitter at rock candy pod and we have a website www.rockcandypodcast.com where you can also listen to our podcast yeah oh yeah fucking and look us up we're on itunes we're on google play we're on tune in uh i threw us on spotify we're on fucking soundcloud guys we're on shit if you're listening to us on something and you don't like it look for something else i swear (laughs) we're probably on it i promise and if we're not on it like fucking email us we have an email also Tell people about us. Oh my god, fucking please. please. <laughs> tell us, tell your family, tell your friends, tell them how cool we are. Again, I need your approval. <laughs> I need it. Maggie desperately needs your approval. <laughs> this is how I value myself as a human being is with your it's approval. Instagram followers. <laughs> when we lose them, I get real sad. I'm like, who unfollowed us? <laughs> so just follow us. Tell people to follow us. And listen to us. And thank you for listening to us. Yes. And you know what? If you have gone through this spiel, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate it. We both appreciate it. Yep. And I think this is a good spot to end it on. So party on, Ashley. Party on. Don't get too depressed. I will never try to get too depressed. (laughs) I don't know what that just was. I'm drunk. Party on, you crazy kids out there. Okay, bye. See you next time. Get out of here. Bye. (laughs)